Hi everyone, and welcome to the 217th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello. Churro, what's up? I'm tired. <laughs> Me too! Yeah. I'm tired, I'm tired, but I had coffee, so I'm like, uh, not oh. tired, but wired. Well, I'm tired because it's late. Oh, as, yeah. <laughs> as of this recording, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, uh, Chara, I've been talking to you about it a little bit, but I do want to at least mention on the show uh, uh, that I got this. I got this thing. It's called an Ambernick RG351V, which is probably the worst name of any video game type device I've ever heard. But basically what this is, is this is a retro portable that looks like a Game Boy Color, but plays a bunch of different emulators that lets you play video games from several different generations. We're talking NES, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. It can even play, in theory, PSP, DS, and I think even Dreamcast games, but not not very well. Uh... But I, I mainly got this for uh, Game Boy Color games and Game Boy Advance, since it's that kind of form factor. Um, yeah, and so far, I really like it. The screen is super bright. It's beautiful. Churro, did you own a, a Game Boy? Or what, what was your experience with the Game Boy back in the day? What did you have? I had a, I have the original brick Game Boy. Yeah, the, yeah and big boy. it was like... The most played console device I've ever played, like handheld device. Like I, right? I was on that thing constantly. Like I was constantly begging for batteries because it took four AA <laughs> batteries back then. Yeah, and uh, and it's and it was really bad when when it got dark because you had to find a light source to play. Exactly. Yeah, you can't see it all. Yeah, that was a. Uh... So, so I, I yeah I had a I had a similar experience uh but with the Game Boy Color and uh, that one only took two AA batteries but yeah it was basically pretty much every single trip to the grocery store involved well gotta get another ba- pack of double A's because yep. yeah there was no way to charge it back then and yeah the GBC the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Color screen was I think a little bit better. In terms of like clarity, but like it's not, it was not lit at all. So you still needed a, a light source. Did you, you ever get one of those uh, worm worm lights? Yes, uh, we got. Uh, me and my brothers got those as uh, Christmas gifts. Right. So they just oh, plug it in the great. side. Those those were a savior back in the day. And then luckily, yeah. the Game Boy Advance finally came out with with a lit screen of its own. Yeah, eventually. So. Yeah, so definitely for me so far, uh, the the screen is awesome. You know, LCD technology has evolved a lot, so getting a decent screen, you know, on a handheld like this, I guess, is not that difficult these days. So that's probably one of the standout features of this little uh, device is the fact that it's got a perfect screen, and uh, it's pretty neat because. Uh, so obviously for Game Boy Color games and any th- game that has color, it's going to 
display in color. Uh, but for games that are uh, black and white normally, like with uh, like older Game Boy games, you can either treat it like a Game Boy Color and then use some of the color palettes that would normally come with a Game Boy. Or they even have some like custom color palettes to make it look like the old uh, pea soup green that the old GB the old Game Boys used to have. Like it was never really like black and white. Like it looks like it was like green or darker green. So you know you can have that kind of look to it too. So yeah, so far I really like it. Definitely recommend. Um, I think it also plays PlayStation. So I guess in theory I could play like Final Fantasy seven through nine as well on this, but I haven't tried. So so far so good. If you're looking for a handheld like that, definite recommend. Um uh I also did like recently hack my Vita just to sort of like future proof it for when Sony shuts down the 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 PlayStation store for the Vita. Haven't tried that for PlayStation 3, but I'm definitely considering it. There's this um this PS3 game that I really want to play. I don't know if you've heard of it, Churro. It's it's not uncommon. Uh, it's like Afterburner Climax. It, heard of that one. Yeah, so Afterburner, it's like an old Sega game where it's like a, like a military uh, plane, and it's sort of like, like, it used to be on like the really old systems, like the Genesis and the Master System, where it would sort of just like fly in front of the screen and sort of like, uh, you know, it was like a shooting game, almost kind of like a Star Fox kind of a game. Uh, on PS3, they had Afterburner Climax, and it's like this really crazy HD, 60 FPS, really fast, high-speed game. If, if you know, if you're listening out there and you want to have a look at it, just look up Afterburner Climax. If you watch like 10 seconds of footage from that game, you're going to just instantly want to play it. Unfortunately, that game has been long delisted off the PlayStation Network and is digital only and is completely impossible to buy in any way, shape, or form. They like released a uh, a version of it on phones back in 2019, and even that version has been delisted. And that was only two years ago. So I'm just like... What is up with, you know, games and being delisted? I just don't understand why it why it has to happen. Welcome to the digital age. That's so true. So yeah, uh it's it's making me reconsider cuz like I don't know about you Churro, but I tend to buy a lot of my games uh digitally. So it's kind of making me th- Yeah, it's kind of making me think like maybe I should be more cautious about that. I mean, it's not a problem if you paid for it already. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. if you're looking to buy it for the first time, then yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely can be. I just wonder, like, okay, so I buy a digital game, and let's say it's on my PlayStation 3, and it's downloaded. What happens when my PS3 dies? <laughs> it's like... Then you have to find a, yeah. like a hand-me-down store with, that sells it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so uh, yeah, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, 
Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. We have a two-segment show today. We have our news segment, and we have a question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Louis James, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orbayun Ray, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin, Miles Ribbons, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorne Bullen, who's at Masker23, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22, and Yam Potato. And Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Noah Luttrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Faye Esbiali, Joshua Johnson, who's at the Cancer Bus, Freya Stella, Lauren Luzcombe, Tim Michael Verne, who's at Phoenix02SA, Marco Liliu, and Tammy Turner's Babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And just as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game. And just to greater emphasize that fact, we're literally going to get into those spoilers immediately. And would, I, that would yeah. also include Kingdom Hearts Union Cross spoilers because it yeah. is, the final update is at the end of this month. Yeah, so uh, just fair warning on that. So yeah, uh, starting the news. Uh, yeah, first thing, Melody of Memory uh, got an update randomly that adds like a five second snippet of a cutscene to a cutscene that already existed. And people were really like shocked about its addition. And then you go and you watch what was added and it's interesting. It has brand new voice acting. It adds more context to a scene that existed, but it does not add any new story information whatsoever. It was just there to make a one scene see look sound have more sense to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So basically what happened was, yeah, so there was an update and it added a five second little transitional cutscene to the ending portion of uh, uh of Kingdom Hearts uh, Melody of Memory. Because uh basically throughout the entire game, you're mostly just hearing Kyrie summarizing what happened in Kingdom Hearts throughout the entire series, uh, what happened to Sora. And then you get to the final area, the final world, literally, final world, and she just sort of wakes up there, dressed in her Kingdom Hearts 3 outfit, and you just start playing there. Um, So what this cutscene adds is a glitchy effect that is followed with uh, uh, Ansem, the Wise, and uh, Zexion, or uh Yenzo, Yenzo. Ta- yeah Yenzo talking to uh Ansel the Wise and he's like and they're basically like oh no something's happening oh we got to shut it off real quick and that's that's basically all they they say so it it basically just adds context to the fact that Kyrie is currently in a pod seeing all these memories and then now the portion at the end of it is a glitch 
and not an intended part of the experiment. Which makes sense because you are in the final world, which is basically the final part of the story for ability memory. So basically, it just, like you said, it adds more context to the fact that this didn't happen naturally. Yes. And it's sort of like adds like a big divider that says, okay, everything up until this point was a part of an experiment. And now the experiment is quote unquote going wrong. Something's happening. And then from here on out, this information is going to be different. You know, it's, it's not a summary of kingdom hearts anymore. It is now a brand new experience. This one little chapter. So, yeah, that's basically what was added in there. Um, I'm glad that that's there. I mean, I'm glad that there's now some sort of context added into the main part of the story before the ending that explains what you've been experiencing. Uh, I still kind of wish there would be some sort of opening movie that would sort of hint at the fact that Kyrie's going into a pod or, like, Kyrie's going to you know, review her memories about Kingdom Hearts or review her or review Sora's experiences over the course of what happened in the Kingdom Hearts series. Like, it would be nice to have that sort of basis because they just, they literally just throw you into it and like tell you nothing. Like, I don't know about you, Churro, but at least for me, it almost feels like they didn't have enough money to make a CG cutscene, and there was probably supposed to be a CG cutscene there. I can go either way. It, That's it, my guess. I guess they ran out of time with it. I, I think so too. Yeah. So, yeah. Either way, now now we have a little bit more context than there was before. So that's nice. But at the end of the day, does it add anything? Not really. But hey, we got some new voice acting from uh, Ansem the Wise and Ienzo. So fans of them rejoice there you go exactly so uh yeah speaking of which uh yeah kingdom hearts uh has just released finally we've been talking about it forever has finally released on the epic game store aka the pc and uh it's really interesting when it released uh it, it was the big crazy price that we've been talking about but for whatever reason, a couple days after its release, Epic Games decided to put it on sale, put the series on sale, 20% uh, less. And uh, they threw in to the mix, if you buy Kingdom Hearts 3, and this is this part is still the case, if you buy Kingdom Hearts 3, you get three months of Disney Plus with the purchase. And... It just sort of makes me think that maybe when they initially released it at the price they released it at, it probably just they were probably kind of disappointed with the sales they were making. Yeah, I mean it, yeah. it was like pretty much almost full price. Yeah, exactly, with these games exactly. That are like you know that you can buy you can buy pretty much the all in one collection for like twenty bucks. Yeah, exactly. So if you yeah if you if you have literally any other platform like ps4 or xbox you could get all of those games maybe minus remind and melody of memory but you can get most of those games for really cheap and uh especially if you have something like a playstation 4 pro like on ps4 pro and actually uh, i guess it's probably also the same on uh, xbox one x 
if you have those platforms and you buy the games, like most of them run at 4K60. So it's like it's kind of kind of a hard hard sell uh for people that are owners of that. Um but uh yeah, uh if, if for whatever reason you're one of the people that bought it on day 1 and missed out on that sale, don't worry. Uh Epic Games is automatically refunding uh doing a partial refund to sort of uh match what that sale was. So anybody that bought it early will still get it for the sale price. So no worries there. Uh if you haven't bought it yet and you want to buy it, you can still get the Disney Plus deal and uh that is available f- for you. I guess right now, Charo, probably the number one reason to get in on these games is going to be mods. Because that's what I'm seeing a lot. The mods, especially for Kingdom Hearts 3, are it, they're just getting started, but they're already crazy. Like, they, they're pretty amazing. Like, so they're just some really out there mods that are really amazing and then some of it is like very small tweaks that it's like you know what that's probably what it should have always been <laughs> right <laughs> so, so yeah one of them that i really like is uh and i think i actually complained about this literally uh last podcast is the fact that uh there's a mod to remove what is known as wall effects and basically what this does and this is uh, actually this is by 13 Vessel. I, I know him from uh, from uh, YouTube. He, he does lots of mods for the PS4 version. Uh, but yeah, basically, bef- uh, whenever you come up to a wall that you can do uh, th- that you can run up, there would always be like this weird reverse waterfall effect that would be applied to it. And yeah, basically, uh, with this mod, uh, it basically disables that everywhere. Yeah, there were just, just wall like, indicators letting you know you can run on this wall. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, exactly. That's I've been waiting for this mod. <laughs> like that was I wish the biggest. I remember at the premiere event. Yeah, that was the biggest complaint everybody had because <laughs> it was so obnoxious. I, I wish that was just that should have always been an option. Like I, I don't see why that has to be like how it has to be for everybody, especially if you're doing like a second playthrough and you know where everything is that you can run up. It's really unnecessary to be honest. So, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's one of them. There's also like another crazy mod that gives you like a debug menu where you can like change which character you're playing as you can, uh, spawn a bunch of NPCs. Like I've seen people at like, uh, the Keyblade graveyard with like, hundreds of donalds around them you can uh instantly change what kind of uh uh, costume sore is wearing so you could uh change it from uh his normal outfit to being his toy story version to being his monsters inc version or pirates version uh big hero 6 whatever you want like keyblade mods galore there's all kinds of stuff out there so uh we're just getting started here, but already there's just so much really amazing stuff. So I'm really uh, excited to see where it goes. Um, if you're interested in getting in on the ground floor of this, like that's definitely probably like the number one reason to uh, to get in on this. 
Uh, Churro, have you seen anything with like randomizing? Has there been any uh, randomizers made for Kingdom Hearts three? I haven't seen anything. Not yet. It's basically okay. they're basically in the they're trying to take the rando from the uh, Kingdom Hearts two final mix Japanese version and try to implement that into the PC version right gotcha. now. Gotcha. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that you know there's probably somebody already trying to make it for Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, so, you know, it's yeah. basically Kingdom Hearts three on PC has been like everybody's dream because the whole thing with modding and stuff, you know, they're basically taking the games and remake it into its own other game, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely feel like for a lot of people, this is going to be how they uh, cope with the fact that we're not going to get uh <laughs> we're not getting uh Kingdom Heart the next Kingdom Hearts for a while, so. This is definitely going to fill the gap for a little bit. Um, another really cool one that I'm seeing is uh, Playable Roxas. This looks really cool. Like, it's it's actual Kingdom Hearts 2 costume Roxas, not his uh, uh, hooded form, which we normally uh, see in uh, Kingdom my, Hearts 3. My favorite is character switching in yeah, Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3. You can switch between all the playable characters that you could control in, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Remind and being able yeah. to switch them like Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And it's like, that's the one thing I want. After yes. experiencing it in 7 Remake, it's like, now it's so reality. Good. Especially like how in uh, 7 Remake, and if they ever like implement this more hardcore, I'd really like to see it. Like in 7 Remake, it almost reminded me like a little bit of like Final Fantasy X because you know how in Final Fantasy X like each character had a different type of attack and would be good on certain enemies. Like you know with Barrett, he's really good at dealing with like mechanical enemies at a distance, or like I would always have him set up with elemental uh, thunder on his uh, on his uh, on his gun arm, so. Anytime he would shoot like uh, a, a mechanical enemy, it would be like uh, it would deal uh, damage against the weakness. So having different tools for the job, so to speak, like each character solves a different problem. And I, I kind of hope that if that ever gets like made into a proper Kingdom Hearts game, that that's how they treat it is like, all right, maybe Riku's good at like, you know, buff enemies that have a lot of uh hp and maybe sora's good at like dealing with uh dodging and maybe Kyrie's good at like i don't know dealing magic or something that would uh otherwise be hard for the other ones or uh, i don't know something like that have a reason you know basically for switching but yeah you you can uh try out all that stuff uh there's also that mod that adds uh the remind battle abilities into the base Kingdom Hearts 3 game, and I know definitely a lot of people are uh, really excited for that, because apparently uh, everybody just loves the way Sora feels in in Remind when they're fighting uh, the limit bosses. So yeah, that's that's Kingdom Hearts on PC. If you're interested, go check it out. Epic Game Store seems really interesting. So now the last bit of news is not necessarily directly related to Kingdom Hearts, and... It's hard to tell if it's even related to Kingdom Hearts at all. But this is based off of something that I saw on your your Twitter that you pointed out, Churro. Is, uh, so there was a new uh, Neo World Ends With You uh, 
like press dump recently, lots of trailers and stuff. And then in addition to that, basically the release yeah. date announcement. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff announced. And then in addition to that, uh, they released a new key art poster uh, for world, uh, Neo world ends with you and the sky in the background. That looks kind of familiar. Yep. <laughs> kind of looks like the sky from uh kingdom hearts three. So uh yeah, uh as you pointed out on your on your Twitter churro that yeah, it looks really similar and I would uh, I would definitely agree. Uh, I'm uh, of the opinion that that is probably I intentional. I mean, it's Nomura and his obsession with sky, you know. Yeah. And the name sky and nice guy and <laughs> Yeah, and like remember him talking about all the uh backgrounds that he was or the the covers that he did for uh 1.5 2.5 2.8 and 3 he like made those specifically in a series Hmm. and especially with regards to the sky like you said like oh this is like the morning and this is the twilight and this is nightfall so you know there's clearly a purpose for this and i mean in the absence of any other games that Namora is working on, like it's, I don't know, it's at least clear to me that this ha- there is some, uh, there, there's something here. I I I don't think Namora would uh, make it that clear and that obvious if he didn't mean something by it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it as there being something. Churro, do you think there's something there? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, knowing tomorrow, you know, we can't take that chance. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. it's it's hard. I mean, Nomura is a man of, you know, he could take something really insignificant and they make it a big deal. Yeah. That's so, true. I mean, it's hard. You know, that makes Nomura so predictable, but at the same time, unpredictable. Yeah, that's true. So, we'll have to see. Um, I would say, though, that... Regardless of anything, I don't expect there to be any sort of like cameo of a Kingdom Hearts character in Neo World Ends with You. I don't think that would happen. I feel like j- just the way Disney is, that's too complicated. I could see the opposite. I could see maybe Neo World Ends with You characters show up in Kingdom Hearts. In the future, you know, we've already had the Neku gang show up in in Kingdom Hearts before, so that's, you know, possible in my book. And not only that, uh, you know, the 109 building in Shibuya, a.k.a. the 104 building in in World Ends With You, you know, it's using the same uh, fake name that... uh, you know, in World Ends With You that we see in the uh, Yazora Verum Rex world. So even though we know that that's a different, you know, Tokyo setting, uh, there's clear connection there. So, yeah, not sure uh, what what to take of it. But yet again, here's just another little piece, maybe not a big one, but another piece, another fuel to the flame that is the Namuraverse. The Nomura Cinematic Universe, which includes World Ends with You, Kingdom Hearts, and uh, Verum Rex 
and or versus 13 maybe so we'll have to see how that that'll uh shakes out but uh i'm very interested i'm i'm basically because of that a lot more interested in seeing what happens in uh, neo world ends with you than i was before so yeah, moving on from there, uh, we have our questions. So our first question comes from Rex Vox, and they ask a really interesting question. So with the the PlayStation Five, the new big thing is the fast loading uh, solid state drive. Uh, in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, for example, they're able to load between different realities in a very short amount of time. If such technology was used in Kingdom Hearts Four. How do you think it should be used? Would this be the end of the gummy ship? Um, I mean, concerning where Sora is located, I think it could be the end of yeah. gummy ships for that specific location he's at. Yeah, that's definitely possible. So, I mean, we won't know until we get more information of where he's at. So, but At the very least, like... it. It's never been the case that Sora made his own gummy ship by himself. You know, we've always needed help from, you know, Chippendale, Donald and Goofy, etc. Yeah, Sid, exactly. We've always needed outside help, and it's possible that maybe Sora just doesn't have access to that out there. Because, like, the way I'm looking at it, like, he might be doing something that's, like, similar to Terra Aqua Van, where they use a keyblade to open up a new pathway, and he just uses to instantly jump through to another world. Yeah. You know, that's always a possibility. Yeah, that is something we have to remember, is there's a lot of different ways that characters in the Kingdom Hearts world you know, travel between different worlds. Maybe so. he, maybe he'll use the power of waking to go through that traversing. Remember, he did it with uh, at the end of Kingdom Hearts three when he was trying to rescue his friend's hearts from, you know, from that heartless. You know, he was using yep. the power of waking to travel to all these different worlds. So it's like it's maybe he'll you continue possible. using that power to jump through two worlds. Yeah, that that that's scary, but yeah, that's a possibility. It is, it is scary. I mean, it's similar, similar yeah. to diving, just like in Kingdom Hearts 3D. That's how they true. traverse to those worlds. Yep, yep, that's true. So yeah, I I I think that it's not the officially end of the gummy ship, but I think it is end for the gummy ship at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely and then, possible. And then you have to remember, you know, bringing up Melody of Memory spoilers, Rico used. The power of waking to send himself to Quadratum. Yep, that's right. So basically, I think that using the power of waking will probably be the new method, new way of travel in this fiction or unreality worlds. Yeah, so that's that's definitely uh, definitely a possibility. And uh, yeah, go- going off of that and uh, how you're talking about before about uh, you know Terra Aqua and Ven, they used they had uh, their Keyblade gliders. Um, the organization members use uh, corridors of darkness. That's another way of, uh, you know, uh, trans transferring uh, between different worlds. There's also um, uh, we now know about the arcs in uh, in Union, uh, Union, Cross. Union Cross. That's that's another option. There's also uh, becoming a heart and. Using that to time travel and maybe uh, travel between time and space. Who knows? 
So there's lots of options out there. Lots of options. So, uh, but yeah, I guess sort of to uh, go to a little bit deeper into the question in terms of the the fast loading uh, SSD, um, I kind of wonder if they would make use of that in the way that it's used in Ratchet and Clank. Because in Ratchet and Clank, the way they showed it is that you would you'd have the ability, possibly, to go between many different realities at rapid succession. The only thing that I would be a little bit concerned with there is I know this. I don't. I've never heard of a situation where this has a, been a problem for the Kingdom Hearts team, but I know this was a problem for the Disney Infinity team. Is crossing different uh kingdom hearts or disney properties together so i know the disney infinity team were expressly told that the disney characters from different movies could not really interact with each other that was that was something that they were pretty uh hard on was that they really couldn't do anything really that meaningful in terms of interacting between each other so you wouldn't get like uh woody interacting with luke skywalker or darth vader or something like that that couldn't really happen um it, it was very divided in that way so even though it, that was a disney property through and through not even the disney infinity team could get the rights to do that so I kind of wonder, I mean, uh, you, you brought up a really great point in the story, Churro, with uh, in Kingdom Hearts 3, where Sora used the power of waking to sort of hop between many worlds um, in, in, you know, somewhat rapid succession as fast as the PlayStation 4 could load it um, when he was chasing the, uh, the Reaper Heartless uh, through the different worlds. Um, so we've had at least one example of something like that happening, but... Um, you know, so far we've only had one part in the story that sort of allowed for that. And every time he went to one of those worlds, uh, they were completely vacant. Like he didn't go to the big hero six world. And then Baymax was there. Like that never happened. He he went there. There were heartless there. He could fight there, but that was it. You know, he, they could go to the world, but they couldn't like really interact with anything. So yeah, in terms of the fast-loading SSD and doing something like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart where, you know, you're kind of, you know, switching in rapid succession between many worlds. Uh, well, the technology is plausible. I don't know how Disney would uh, feel about it, so. I mean, Disney, Disney's been listening to Grip slowly but surely. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I you could tell that they given more they given tomorrow more freedom than they for Kingdom Hearts than they have with Disney Infinity, which is their only yeah. their own IP. <laughs> yep. That's true. So, we'll uh I guess we'll have to see uh where where they take that. I I think yeah, so far the only safe bet we can make is uh uh you know, whatever method you use to transition to another world, if there even is a loading screen, it'll be a lot shorter. That's the only thing I can say with some uh, confidence is that the loading times will be shorter. And that's about it. So, uh, yeah, the next question comes from uh, Zane Hernandez. And they ask, 
been playing through Kingdom Hearts 3 again, and every time you finish a world, you're bombarded with a really long set of cutscenes. Sometimes like 30 to 45 minutes of cutscenes. Do you think Kingdom Hearts 3 went overboard on the long cutscenes? Uh, define overboard because Kingdom Hearts is an action RPG. So an yeah. RPG is a role playing, and role playing games mostly focus on the story and the narrative. Yep, and so, a lot of that comes through cutscenes. Yep, and my answer would be no, because there are worse games out there that element that use cutscenes. One of them is the Metal Gear Solid series. Yeah, another I would is say Metal Gear Solid Four, especially Metal Gear Solid Four, especially. Another one would be Xenosaga. Yep, Xenosaga oh. was really bad. You know, they have you know most of the time it's like you're watching a movie, then you are playing a game. So this is kind of like. You know, I remember in Kingdom Hearts 3D with the cutscene between Riku, Mickey, and Xehanort in the 13 Darknesses in that one cutscene. Nomara stated that that cutscene right there was the longest cutscene he's ever done for Kingdom yeah. Hearts. So basically, you know, it's like he's getting, you know, used to that making long cutscenes for Kingdom Hearts, and especially when it comes to story explaining. Yeah, yeah. So basically, sure. it's. It's going to happen regardless, because that's what RPGs are known for. So, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, if they're willing to tell, you know, some significant plot points, then by all means, go for it. Sometimes, you know, they weren't, you know, sometimes long cutscenes, you know, that told a little bit nothing were kind of irritating. But for the most part, they weren't that annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I would say overall... Kind of, yeah, kind of echoing what you said. You know, ultimately, Kingdom Hearts is an RPG series. It's, you know, already known for having lots of cutscenes in the games. Like, Kingdom Hearts 2, I think, in total had like, what, like 12, 13 hours of cutscenes. So that's a lot, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite a lot for one game. Um, I, I can kind of understand, you know, maybe feeling like there was maybe too much in certain areas. Like, uh, uh, I, I think for me, if I were to cut any cutscenes, it would probably be pro- probably in those places that are referred to in the question where it's between the worlds. Not all of them, but. You know, I, I I I can definitely agree that maybe it's a little bit excessive where it's like literally without fail every single time between uh, worlds you're you're gonna sit down for at least twenty minutes for uh, for, for cutscenes. Maybe maybe a few of those could just be no cutscenes, and then you could, you could just go to the next world and and, and that be that. I mean, uh, games nowadays are combining both game gameplay and cutscenes into one, so it's like it's hard to tell. Yeah whether you're in a cutscene or not. Like I played some of uh, last of us two and like, I love oh, the yeah. transition between, you know, you walk into a cutscene and then, but yet it's still technically part of the gameplay. Yeah. So it's maybe, nice. yeah, maybe in the future we could have more cutscenes like that, where it's like mixed in with the gameplay and there's still story happening or maybe even like during a a boss fight maybe we'll get some of the story relayed to us while the boss fight is happening and uh you know there 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 there's options there's also like you know if 
you know, for example, in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, we're we're on the high seas for a long time. I wonder if maybe occasionally we could have gotten or could get in maybe a future world. Maybe we'll get some story relayed to us while we're traveling to the next location. We like, got that like, a little bit in uh, FF15 a little bit. Kind of like how uh, somebody would like, for example, Goofy would bring up. You know, something about like, but for example, uh, you're going to head to, you know, the final part of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Donald and Goofy will tell you where to go, but yet, you know, some, you know, it would be nice for them to say, you know, we're heading towards this area. Make sure you have, you know, these type of things ready. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the, there's definitely options to maybe take some of that story content stuff and maybe sprinkle it a little bit more into the gameplay and then you know keep keep you playing uh you know at at, at the very least you know i i will still say i love cutscenes. I, I i'm i'm you know i'm an rpg fan my favorite games were on the playstation 2 and playstation 2 is littered with cutscenes all over their game so i'm not you know like a really really classic old school gamer that grew up in the time before cutscenes i grew up in the heyday of cutscenes so i love them as much as the next person and i love uh cg cutscenes as well so I'm I'm a fan of all types of cutscenes, but I can definitely see maybe some value in uh maybe pacing it out a little bit in certain areas. Um I, I really like how it was in Kingdom Hearts One, how and I think that's probably where they got the idea of having the cutscenes between um between worlds is the fact that uh you know in Kingdom Hearts One, especially in the earlier levels, uh sometimes you would finish a world and then you would get a quick cutscene from um the uh, Disney villains at Hollow Bastion, and then it would move on to you be being back on in the uh, Gummy Ship Overworld. So m- maybe something like that, where instead of it being like you know twenty thirty minutes of cutscenes, maybe just like five to ten, you know, maybe maybe a little shorter would be okay in most areas. But you know. I I played MGS4. Nothing's as bad as MGS4, where literally the ending was a 90-minute long cutscene. So, you know, you're not going to get anything like that. I played a Xeno Saga, so it was the same way, too. (laughs) Exactly. All right, and uh, Chara, if you take this this last question. This one's from Meta Rocks, and they write, I really want Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 on the Switch. I know Noir said he wouldn't get any more Switch games, but why not? At least 1.5 and 2.5 could be ported no problem, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, in terms of, like, technological limitations, no, there there shouldn't be any problem with uh, 1.5 and 2.5. Uh, you know, we have we already have, um, you know, for example, uh, Final Fantasy X, X2 already on the Switch. You know, there are bigger games like Witcher 3 ported to the Switch and Doom Eternal. But those are, those are scaled way back. <laughs> yeah, scaled way back for sure, for sure. But yeah, for, for 1.5, 2.5, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was possible. It probably wouldn't run at like 60 FPS, but like, could they do it? Yes. And I would even go as far as to say, you know, do I think it would 
sell well? Yeah, I actually think it would sell well. I think it would probably be financially worth it for Square to do it. But, this is the big but, is I think right now, when it comes to the effort that the Kingdom Hearts teams are putting out, from what I can tell, it seems like they're trying to invest their time and effort into platforms that will pay dividends in the future. And I think that's more what Nomura was getting at when he was talking about no more games on the Switch. And I think ultimately Nomura wants the platform that's going to give him the best bang for his buck in terms of, you know, you know, he, he has a certain level of expectation in terms of the visual quality he wants to pursue. And it seems right now, what are the platforms he's supporting? We're supporting PlayStation. We're supporting Xbox and we're supporting PC. This, you know, th- that means Kingdom Hearts exists in the higher echelon in terms of presentation. We're on AAA game consoles now. You know, we spent so many years not on AAA game consoles. It seems like Nomura's trying to lock in on AAA game experiences, whether it's, you know, high-end PC, uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, whatever. Like, that. those are the platforms being invested into. So while I do think 1.5, 2.5, you know, if it was just that one, that would work. But you're not going to see Kingdom Hearts 3 unless Switch Pro allows for games that only run on Switch Pro. You're not seeing Kingdom Hearts 3. You're not seeing 0.2. So ultimately, that kind of makes me feel like for the short term, at least, there is no future for the Kingdom Hearts series as it is right now on the switch and i don't think nintendo's gonna be making a switch 2 anytime soon especially if you know you can believe the rumors of the switch pro it doesn't seem like we're moving generations on the switch anytime soon so there's really no like long-term future there for the kingdom Hearts series so yeah ultimately i think that's probably the the biggest limiting factor is the fact that there's no real clear future for kingdom hearts on nintendo platforms uh if there was maybe so even though yes it could be done yes it probably would sell well but it would be a dead it would be a dead end game kind of like how melody of memory is right now on the switch it's kind of a just dead end so uh as much as i wouldn't like to say it and as much as i would love to play kingdom hearts final mix Kingdom Hearts 2 on the go. I just don't see a big future for Kingdom Hearts on a Nintendo platform, at least for the time being. So, no, I don't I don't think uh, it's going to happen. Churro, do you think there it's likely for Kingdom Hearts to make it to the Switch even if it's just 1.5, 2.5? I would say eventually it will, but I don't think <sighs> It's got to be like Nomura's got to have the time for it to put it on there, you know. Yeah. That's like, I think he will just to be like, here, take it, whatever. Leave me <laughs> <Yeah>. alone now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I for I probably won't say until the foreseeable future, unless Nomura really needs something to give us while we're waiting. You know, if he has to delay something, he'll probably be like, yeah. okay. 
give me a give me a small team and we'll put the you know remixes on Switch. Yeah, you know, kind of like how I mean, much with PC, yeah. you know, was to fill the gap, you know, for this year. Exactly. So it it can definitely be made. There, there's no question about that. It's just yeah, kind of like how you're saying is like you know, is there time for it? It just seems like right now, like the Kingdom Hearts teams are consolidating, and we we we're, we're losing uh what call it? We're losing uh uh Dream Drop Di- or not Dream Drop Distance, uh Union Cross and Dark Road. We're losing those games and uh, consolidating all the you know staff members from those teams into the Kingdom Hearts staff. You know everything is being focused on the future of the series, so I just don't see there being like resources for that because you know the the future of the series is clearly Nomura's got big ideas for the future and yeah, potentially and it, Disney it makes, as well. It makes no sense for them for him to keep going backwards when he's trying to focus on the future. Exactly. So, because considering high end PCs can run, you know, Kingdom Hearts no problem. It was, a, yeah. I think it was more of a substantial choice for them to put it on the PC for that reason. Exactly. So, because why would you? Because you? Because basically, since PCs can be made from, you know, can be, you know, it's basically on the person up up to that person who you know how powerful the machine is. Whereas mm-hmm. Switch is very limited in what it can do already. So it's like it makes no sense for them to try to do some Q&A on a Switch, you know, versus the PC, you know. Yep, so it uh, would be nice, hopefully in the future. Um, but yeah, I don't expect it. There is the... <laughs> I've seen out there, there's like... Um, there's like this knockoff PC. It's like a tablet PC that runs Windows that looks like a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> If you're really that desperate, you could uh, you could get the Epic Game Store on that and uh, give that a try. I-, I wonder if it would work. But uh, yeah, I-, I don't expect it on Switch anytime soon. So yeah, that uh, that pretty much wraps up the uh, show for today. Our music for this episode is a wonderful cover by Ferdk. I don't know. It's F E R D K on YouTube of Rage Awakened. It's a metal guitar cover. Uh, this guy's got a lot of really amazing covers, so check him out on YouTube. And our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 27th of April. That is very close to the ending of Union Cross. Yeah, oh boy. Do we, do we, what's, what's the exact date on that for it to end? It's usually the last Thursday of the month. Last and Thursday. The last Thursday oh. of the month is the 29th. Oh, perfect. Right before. <laughs> Every time, Churro. Every time. Every time. All right. Well, I'll just say that, look, that episode is going to be your grace period to go out and play that and figure out what happens in Union Cross, because the very next episode, you better believe we're going to spoil it. So, And discuss it and break it down and yeah. lose our minds. Because, yeah, this is going to be the this is pretty much, apart from maybe Dark Road, this is pretty much going to be the last information we get until next year possibly you know yeah. un- unless there's some crazy secret ending and master of masters shows up in neo uh world ends with you unless that happens uh i, I don't think uh you know 
th there's much we can uh, expect otherwise. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, ho hopefully it's a good update. I mean, it's gonna be the last one, so <laughs> better be good. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, as always, if you guys like uh, Kingdom Hearts Union, uh, please uh, subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yes. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, as always, if you guys like the show and you want to support us, support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions to submit for the show, please send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Chero, it is that time again. It is goodbye time. Alright guys, thank you so much for kicking in with us with this episode and and I'm not guessing in two episodes it's gonna be a big one for you guys. Yeah, that's for sure. Alright, so I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>